I know that video probably touched your heart. I know every time I see it, it touches mine. And we probably experienced doing the trust fall. Maybe, of course, don't do it now, but at the end of the teaching, maybe for fun, you could do the trust fall with someone in your family. So to see if they're able to catch you and to hold you. But of course, we know that God, without question, is always, we're always able to trust him in that journey. Today, we're start, we're doing the continuation of our series about trusting God, and we're talking about trusting in God's character. Now, I want to highlight something. Trusting God is a choice. As you saw that woman, she had a choice of whether or not to trust God. And I want to ask everyone that's watching, do you trust God? Do you trust God is a choice. Now, don't be so quick to say you trust God because the reality is we know if you trust God when the tests come. Another point I want to highlight is this. Trusting God won't make sense. I love the fact of uh, how Jesus looks at her and says, now you're ready for level two. And she's standing right in front of him, looking at him face to face. And then he says, fall back. And then she looks back and says, there's no one there. There's absolutely nothing there. It doesn't make sense. Trusting God doesn't make sense. If it makes sense, it means that you could analyze the situation and figure things out for yourself. And so many times we feel comfortable and at peace when we're able to analyze everything and feel like we're in control. When you trust God, you're not in control. You have to completely trust him, even though it doesn't make sense. And there's so many things in our life, even now, that doesn't make sense. Another thing I want to highlight here, even with this video, the test reveals your level of trust in God's character. It reveals the level of trust in God's character. Here, she did well pretty much for the first test, you could say. And Jesus said, you're ready for level two. So the test almost becomes a mirror of where you are in your relationship with God. It's a mirror. And something that we need to realize too, our hearts could easily deceive us. I know without question, the last few days, weeks, and months in our lives, it's been a test too. Like it's been a mirror to our own walks where it's challenged us to really evaluate how much we trust God, how much are we willing to realize that things are out of our control. And the truth is that even though, even before the pandemic and all of this, everything is out of our control. Why do we feel like we have things in our control when in reality, God is the only one that could have things in control. Another thing I want to highlight too is choosing to trust is the only way to pass the test. If you notice, it's like with the first test and with the second test, the choice was to trust. And when you trust, that's when you end up passing the test. I have news for a lot of people that might be watching at this moment. For pretty much for all of us at one point or another, I'm going to show you right now a very, very powerful spiritual picture right now to highlight what possibly your spiritual walk could have been 
or is right now, okay? Very um, possible right now. This picture I'm going to show you right now. Okay, right there, I know some of you could recognize this picture right away. It's from the movie Elf, and it looks so odd looking at, of course, Will Farrell in that classroom with all the little kids, all the little kids there, you could say, in fifth and sixth grade. And you're wondering, it's like, how come this Will Farrell is there? He's so big and all the kids are so little. But that picture there, that's a true spiritual picture of many of us, including myself in, in some, some time period in the journey, where we weren't passing the test that God had for us to pass, and we were staying back spiritually. Spiritually, we're staying back. We weren't passing the test. We weren't passing the grade, and we're held back because God wants us to learn lessons. So spiritually, we're holding back. So here you have Will Farrell that I don't know how old he, he is. Let's say he's like 35 years old, but he's in the classroom with fifth graders or maybe sixth graders in the classroom. Spiritually, some of us have known God for 20, 30 years, maybe 40, 50 years. But I got to let you know that if you're not careful, your spiritual picture, I told you it was a very powerful, meaningful spiritual picture um, of Elf right there. Your spiritual walk, that could be a Polaroid picture of it. You're pretty much stuck in a grade that you should have passed a long time ago. You're pretty much being held back in a grade spiritually that you could have passed a long time ago, but you never chose to trust God to move forward. I want to let you know, I, when I think about that, I think of myself. I remember as clear as day being in Union County College, taking a class there, sitting there. And this was a long time ago, and I was sweating. I was so nervous because I don't like taking tests in general. I'm not, uh, I don't love taking tests. So here I am sitting in the classroom, sweating. I have my pencil. I have my water. You know, I, I have everything ready for the test. And let me tell you, in my life, God has spoken to me. Obviously, I, like, I, I, I lean to hear his voice every day of my life. But there's specific moments where God hits you like from left field. Like kind of like you're not thinking about God. You're, maybe I was praying before the test. But you know what I mean? Like you're not really thinking about God. You're not thinking about anything else. And then God speaks to you and drops it to you like a ton of bricks. And I remember that day as clear as day because God said something to me while I was sitting in that classroom in Union County College that I literally got up from my desk, walked out of the classroom to go to the bathroom just so that I would be able to compose myself to go back to be able to take the test. And I'm going to tell you exactly what he said. He said this. He said, why are these tests more important for you to pass than the ones I give you? So as clear as day, he said, like, why are these tests more important for you to pass than the ones I give you? So right there at that moment, it shook my world. I, I realized it's like, you know what? God has me on a journey that he wants me to grow. Like he doesn't want you to stay in the same place that you were last year. If you're not growing spiritually and going from grade to grade, from level to level, from glory to glory, deeper in God's presence and being able to do God's will in a greater manner, 
Like we're, be, we're choosing ourselves to be held back. God doesn't hold us back in a sense like God is not the one putting the barriers. We're the ones not choosing to submit and trust. Our own decisions and choices are causing us to stay back. The same way, like if we would be in school, if my own decisions and choices would be causing me, to, um, like if I would choose to fool around and not paying attention, uh, paying attention, I could stay back as well. I want to read to you from James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. It says this. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity for, for um, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect which means also in certain translations, mature and complete, needing nothing. So right there in that verse in James chapter one, it says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way. So right there, it's like any trouble. Have you been troubled lately? Has anything troubled you lately? Like I know that we could think of major things or minor things, but here encompasses any trouble that might come our way. It says, consider it an opportunity. So right there, anything that's challenging you at this moment, it's an opportunity, an opportunity. And then it says of great joy. And I love the fact that it highlights great joy. Great joy, because it's not like it's an opportunity just to make you smile. It's not an opportunity that might uh, make you giggle a little bit. No, 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 no. This is deep joy that you know that God's purposes are being advanced and done. So here, it's like he tells you, let, lets you know that it's great joy. And then it says, for you know that when your faith is tested, so each of us, our faith has to be tested. When it's tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, has a chance to grow. So here we see that God wants us to grow. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 through 7, it says this. It says this. In all, in all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. They have come so that the, that the proven genuineness, which pretty much means um, it's highlighting the test of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So here, pretty much you see Peter, he highlights too, to greatly rejoice that pretty much our faith has to be genuine and it's going to be tested and it compares it to be refined by fire as well. Refined by fire. So here for us to realize when you want um, the impurities to come out of the um, gold, let's say, you would put fire underneath and let the impurities come up to the top. And I want to let you know when gold is being refined, um, when gold is being refined, the temperature of the heat could go up to 2,000 degrees. 
2,000 degrees to let all the impurities grow up. And the hotter it gets, the more the things come to the surface. So I just want to let you know that the hotter the circumstances get in your life, And the more the trials come and the problems come and the circumstances come and you feel like, you know what I mean, like um, you feel like what's going on. And and some of us, we might want God to remove these things out of our lives. Right now, you're probably praying. It's like, God, take these things out. And God is like, no, I want these things are in your life at this moment for a reason and it's not for these things to come out, but for you to allow me to transform your heart so that the doubt, the insecurities, the, the worry, the, the everything, the fear, all those impurities would come up and boil up to the surface so that you would be able to surrender it to God himself. So here I, I have a question. How do you test your muscles? I know for me, when I test my muscles, I drive by Planet Fitness. You know, I just drive by. You know, I just drive my car on Newark Avenue, wave at Planet Fitness, and that's all I do. And my wife could tell you that's what I've been doing for the last maybe two or three years. And, um, and I've been paying them too. Obviously, the gym is closed now. I would have gone if it was open. But, uh, you know, the, the, the moment I really wanted to start working out, all of a sudden this pandemic happened and closed all the gyms. So, so all I know, it's like pretty much before I would drive past the um, Planet Fitness. Am I able to test my muscles by just simply driving by? And I know some of you guys were probably laughing at me at that moment. Some of you are in the same boat, so don't laugh too much. So it's like when you think about it, I'm not able to test my muscles by driving by the gym. I have to test my muscles by testing it against weight. I have to lift weights to be able to test my muscles to see how it's going. And something we need to realize is that faith and trust is like a muscle. Faith and trust is like a muscle. You need to stretch it. You need to use it. You need to push with it so that you would be able to grow in your faith, so that you would be able to grow in your trust level as well. So I have news for all of us here. Your trials, your bad circumstances, your moments that stress you out, all the situations that bring fear, doubt, everything like that, that you would want to pray away, you could say, that's your spiritual gym to grow your faith and trust. The same way we have the physical gyms of uh, Planet Fitness or or wherever else you would go to build your physical muscle, your spiritual gym to grow your faith and trust is your bad moments. It's your bad moments, it's your trials, it's the things that really keep you up at night. Those are the things, that's your spiritual gym. So you could either, some of us spiritually have just been driving past the gym, trying to ignore it, trying to say, hey, I didn't sign up to be part of that gym. Cancel my membership right now. I don't want to be in that, in that spiritual gym. I have news for you guys. The moment you pretty much for all of us, the moment we were born into this world, all of a sudden we got signed up to this gym where we have the opportunity to grow knowing God and develop our muscles spiritually when it comes to faith and trust. I want to tell you, stop driving past the spiritual gym 
but actually go inside. Go inside and work out. Use the difficult moments of your life as opportunities to grow stronger and stronger in your relationship with God. You're not meant to stay exactly where you were last year. You weren't, you're not meant to stay exactly where you were three months ago. You're meant to consistently grow in God. Now, I want to let you know, God's goal in all of this is to change your heart. God's goal is to change your heart. It's not to change the circumstances. Yes, of course, God does. And sometimes when we pray, we want certain circumstances changed for some reason. God steps in and changes them. But that's not God's main priority. God's main priority is to have you look more like Jesus every single day of your life. So his goal is to transform your heart, number one. So how I said before, some of us have been praying way too hard for certain things to change and not asking God to change our heart. And sometimes I believe that the moment you trust God, like, and you surrender everything to God, at that moment, God might answer and change the circumstance. But even if he doesn't change the circumstance, your heart and perspective would be changed. So all of a sudden, everything will look different from what it looked like before. I know something that we need to be um, uh, keep in the back of our minds is that, we're, of course, today is Father's Day, and I just want to picture um, fathers and parents being on a road trip with your kids. Now, being on a road trip with kids could be fun. Sometimes you could, I could imagine, but at the same time, when the kids are in the back and they start asking questions, right, one after another, like, have you ever as a parent been in a position where you just lean back and you say two beautiful words? And I think you know exactly what I'm going to say. Trust me. Trust me. It's like all of a sudden the kids are asking question after question, question after question. And you, you could even feel like probably your blood pressure is uh, rising. And you just look to the back and you're just saying, trust me. Two words. Trust me. I want to let you know that obviously in our lives, we ask a lot of questions. And we could turn to God, and, and God is not afraid of our questions. And when we genuinely ask God a question from our heart, wanting some type of response, you know, God want, sees our motive, sees where we're coming from, and he honors that. So it's okay to ask God questions. But what I'm talking about, something we need to be careful of, is that sometimes our very questions, our very own questions ends up being the obstacles that we create against trust. Our own questions could become the enemy of trust, the trust that we want to develop in our heart. And that's what we need to be careful of because I'm going to give you an example because if all we do is instead of trusting God, we just continuously ask questions after questions and maybe you're not verbalizing them. But deep down in your heart, you're definitely saying them. You're meditating on them. You're entertaining them. And for some of us, these questions could torment us. It could reach a level of torment. So you might not be verbalizing it, but it's inside your heart. So all these questions go beyond the genuine question for God. 
All these questions become the enemy of trust. Sometimes we wonder, it's like, how come it's hard for us to trust God? It's because we need to silence the voices that are questioning everything that's happening. Because in the journey of life, God has looked back and stared at you eye to eye. And pretty much he's looking at you and he just says two simple words, trust me. But that's not satisfactory for us, for those of us that love to analyze things, want to be in control, want to see the end to things, the light in the end of the tunnel. All of a sudden, it's like, it's almost like the woman from the original video that we started in the beginning. They, she wanted to, she didn't understand what was happening when she looked behind her. It didn't make sense. So she couldn't trust God. So right now I'm asking you, it's like, are you asking God too many questions that you know it's tearing up the foundation of trust within your own heart? And I'm gonna give you examples because we could easily ask questions. What, where, when, how, and why? Like these type of questions. I'm gonna give you examples. We could ask, what is going to happen? What is going to happen? The unknown. It's like, Maybe you've thought it, maybe you've said it, or maybe you're constantly thinking about it. What is going to happen? So think about it. If you're meditating on that and entertaining that, that's just poking holes and doubts and concerns and worries and fear into the foundation of trust that God wants you to step in. So God looks at you, and if you're asking that question, when is it going to happen? He just says two words back at you. Trust me. Trust me. That's Father God taking you on the road trip of life. Another question you're probably saying is, where are you taking me? Where are you taking me? This could be from a major change that's happening in your life. Maybe there's something major changing. Maybe you lost your job during this pandemic, or maybe there's something happening. Whatever might be happening, it's like your question might be, where are you taking me? And that question overwhelms you and really torments you. God is looking at you right now, and he says the two words, trust me. But it's your choice to trust. Another question we might ask is, when will you do it? When will you do it? And that's for all of us that have a delayed promise. Pretty much a delayed response from God from a promise he's given us. Like, you know, God has given each of us promises and he shared certain things with us. And sometimes the delay, the delay all of a sudden causes us to ask, when will you do it? And that becomes such a frustration that our confidence is not anchored in God. Let me tell you something. The journey is just as important as the destination because the journey is the process. The journey is the process that God has you in so that you would be able to become the person he wants you to become. You know, it's so funny because um, obviously we all love when anyone bakes anything or cooks anything homemade. And we always just want it done. We want it in front of us to be able to chow down and eat it. But no one really likes, except if you're a chef or you love to cook, but most people don't like that journey, the process of actually making the final product. 
In the same way with us, that process, God has you in this journey for a reason. Because the final product of you is where he wants to bring you to. And then number four, another one is how is this going to be resolved? Problems. Like in our lives, there's so many problems. And obviously we could always, uh, always turn to God, ask God to give us wisdom, you know, genuine requests to help, ask him to help me. But I'm looking beyond that. I'm talking about when the questions don't become pretty much genuine questions toward God, they become arrows that pierce through the trust foundation of your heart. How is this going to be resolved? And God just turns back and looks at you and he might smile too. And he simply says two words, you know them already, trust me. And lastly, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Like we could always like drive ourselves crazy turning to God, asking God why did certain things happen. And in reality, what God wants to do is just reveal to us his character and who he is. And his character is enough that we don't have to know the reason why. We trust in his sovereignty. Pastor Debbie spoke last week on God's sovereignty. If you missed that teaching, definitely see it because it's so important for us to realize is that God is in control. As a parent that guides a three-year-old, the three-year-old will never understand everything, the decisions that you make, the decisions that you make. It's like, no, you can't play, you know, with that saw, uh, you know, like that saw is going to hurt you. But the kid thinks it's cool because he probably sees the dad using the saw cutting lumber, but he can't play with it. He won't understand it's not a toy. In the same way in our lives, there's certain decisions that God makes that doesn't make sense to us. And instead of asking why, we need to lean back into God's character and know that we could trust him. So something I want to challenge all of us in is to have a declaration of trust. I love Psalm 121, and it says this. And this is a declaration of trust, looking to God as our helper, our guard, our keeper, it starts off like this. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker and of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. In other translations, it says stumble or fall or trust fall. He who watches over you will never slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will never slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Here, I love this passage, uh, this Psalm, Psalm 121. If you notice how many times it says that he watches over you. It says it a couple times, how he watches over you. He's there to help you. He's there to keep you. And he's there to protect you. And something that's interesting too is that in the Near East, there pretty much everyone that believed in other gods, many times they were depicted as them sleeping, the other gods sleeping. So here, David is making it clear, our God doesn't sleep. 
He's not going to slumber. Like, you know what I mean? He's always watching. He's always guarding. He's always protecting. He's always keeping. He's always there with us. And I love this too because it's a declaration of trust that we could trust God no matter what. No matter what we're going through, we could trust him. Now, I'm going to highlight eight character traits real quick about God going with a verse as well. The first one is this, God is loving. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, I'm just going to read the first part of that verse. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. So right there we see that there's a great love coming from God, that we could become his children. So here we know that God is love. That's his character. We could trust and anchor ourselves in his character. Another attribute of God, of his character, is God is faithful and righteous. In Psalm 145, 17, it says this, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. So we could go through life knowing that we have a God that loves doing the things that are right and righteous and that he's faithful. Even though we might be surrounded by people and other um, um, things, you could say, that might not show faithfulness towards us, but we know that God is faithful. Another one of uh, God's character traits is God is powerful and mighty. Psalm 24, 8. It says this, who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. So here we realize, we know God is powerful. We know God is powerful. There's nothing out of his reach. His arm is not too short to do certain things. And we might wonder, it's like, why isn't he doing certain things? But let me tell you, at that moment, we need to trust God. And just lean back and fall into his arms. Another one, another character trait is number four. God is sovereign and just. In Psalm 103 verse 19, it says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. So right there, he's sovereign. He's the one sitting on the throne in heaven. I'll never forget, I had a friend years ago that he helped in my beginning journey when I started coming to God. And whenever things um, used to stress me out or I used to get worried, he just looked at me and said, you know what? As long as God is sitting on the throne, it's going to be okay. Like we don't know what the outcome is, but God's on the throne, it's going to be okay. So that's a reminder to me. It's like, I might not understand it, It might not unfold how I would want it to, but because God is sitting on the throne and he's sovereign, I know he's doing things for the greater purpose of what he's doing. The fifth one is this, God is compassionate and gracious. In Psalm 103.8, it says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. We thank God that he's compassionate and gracious and that he's slow to anger and he's abounding in love. We know that he's filled with compassion. And uh, another one, the sixth one is God is good. In Psalm 34, 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So there it reminds us to taste and see that God is good. We know that we have an amazing, good God. We have a good father that we could count on. And I have two more for you about his character. God is holy. 
in 1 Samuel 2, 2, it says, there's none holy like the Lord. There's none besides you. There's no rock like our God. God is holy. So we should never question this like, you know, is God holy? God is holy. God is set apart, wanting to do what he wants to do that he feels as though has to get done. And he invites us to be holy with him and be in the journey as well. And number eight is this, God is forgiven, forgiving and merciful. In 1 John 1, 9, it says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So we thank God that he's a faithful God and he's there to forgive us our sins. No matter how much we've sinned, no matter what we've done in our lives, no matter what decisions we've made, if we come to God asking for forgiveness, he's a God of forgiveness. Now, something I do want to let you know, God's character is exactly what he wants us also to become too. I, I, I want to highlight, he wants us to be loving. He wants us to be faithful and righteous. He wants us to, to also have justice as part of our lives. He wants us to be compassionate and gracious. He wants us to be good. He wants us to be holy. He wants us to be forgiving and merciful as well. That's what God wants for our lives. So here today, as we celebrate Father's Day, we have an amazing, amazing Father in heaven that we could trust always. There's a story of a father that was with his seven-year-old son and one-year-old at the house too. And when they were there, they were in the second floor and all of a sudden the smoke alarm started going off. And the dad noticed there were flames building up, something caught in, on fire inside the house. So the dad got nervous, ran upstairs to where the kids were exactly, picked up the one-year-old and told the seven-year-old, come follow me as we run down the stairs to leave the house as the smoke starts building up. And as the fire, you could hear it crackling in the background, starting to destroy the house. As the dad goes all the way down in the house and makes it outside, he realizes at a certain point that his seven-year-old son wasn't no longer with him. His seven-year-old son actually went back upstairs to the house because he wanted to get his favorite toy that he was afraid that he was going to lose in the fire. So at that moment, when the dad realized, he started shouting for his son to come down. But at that moment, he realized that he wasn't able to go upstairs to get his son because the flames blocked the stairwell and the son wasn't able to come downstairs to meet the father as well. So the dad ended up going to the side in front of the house and started shouting to the son to make it to the window. The son goes to the window and the dad starts telling the son, jump, jump out the window. I'm going to catch you. And at that moment, the son with the window open, ready to jump, he hesitates and says, but dad, I don't see you. Because the smoke started building up so much that it was blurring the son's view of the father below ready to catch him. And the dad just looked up at the son and said, son, you don't see me, but I see you. 
jump. And he challenged the sun to jump. And the sun jumps through the fog, jumps through the smoke, jumps through everything, and lands in the father's arms, completely safe. He trusted his dad, even though he wasn't able to see him. But the dad was always able to see him. In the beginning of this teaching, we started with the trust fall. And with the trust fall, it was an adult, a woman, that was so quick to tell Jesus that she wasn't willing to trust him. But here in the end, as we end this teaching, there's a story of a child. A child that's willing to trust God and trust his dad to jump out the window into his arms. God is calling each of us to have childlike faith. We need to be like that child that would trust the dad in the midst of whatever might be happening. And the woman in the beginning of the teaching, she's older, she's lived, she's able to at least analyze things and she's thinking through things way too much. You need to have childlike faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, it says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seeks him. Today, as we celebrate Father's Day, I want to challenge all of us to trust Father God and to have childlike faith that no matter what's happening in our lives, that we would trust him. If everyone could bow their heads as I pray for you even now. Father God, I thank you so much for everyone that's joined us today. And God, I pray, I pray that you would reveal to examine our hearts, God. Show, uh, show us any offensive thing within our heart, anything that needs to be changed, anything that needs to uh, be transformed. Forgive us for coming up with excuses. Forgive us for rationalizing it. Forgive us for probably even saying, well, God understands or that's just who I am. No, God wants us to grow. God wants us to be transformed. God wants us to become more like him. God wants us to be walk in faith, in childlike faith, trusting him even when things don't make sense. Even when we can't see him, we know that God, you see us. God, we surrender everything to you. God, forgive us for not trusting you. Forgive us for allowing ourselves to let fear overpower us more than faith. And God, today we choose to trust. Today we choose to walk by faith. Today we choose to look to you more than anything else. Forgive us for looking at so many other things to bring peace, clarity, and guidance when all along you're the voice that's calling us out out of the fog of smoke that we find ourselves in our lives. God, we want to listen to your voice more than ever before. So God, right now, this moment, we just surrender our hearts and we trust you. You are our father and you're a good, good father. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you so much for watching. Happy Father's Day. Enjoy the rest of your day. God bless you.